Hi, this is Sean Hendrickson, and welcome back to another episode of What to Expect When You're Arrested. We are on episode number two. Today, we're going to talk about what to do when you get out of jail. Now, I know that it can be tempting when you get out to just push everything off. You received a court date that was probably about a month away, and so it's tempting to go home and just relax and not worry about it until that court date comes up, but that would be a mistake. There are several things that you should be doing between now and that first court date. Because remember, the district attorney's office, they're already working on your case and the police have already done work on your case. You need to be doing some things right now also uh, to prepare for your case and to get some help on preparing for your case. Before we get started, there are a few things that I want to mention. First off, in addition to hosting this podcast, I am also a criminal defense attorney here at the Sean Hendrickson Law Firm. We help good people like you avoid the devastating consequences of criminal charges. So if you are charged with a crime here in the San Antonio area, feel free to give me a call. My phone number is 210-775-0852. That'll also be in the show notes. And just give me a call if you have any questions about your case or if you're looking for a little bit of help, we'd be happy to help you out. I also have a free download for you, so if you look down on the show notes again, there's a link and I will email it to you four things to do if you've been arrested. It's a little bit of a summary of, of this particular episode. Just put your email in there and I will go ahead and send that out to you. And lastly, if you're being charged with a DWI, make sure that you listen until the end because I've got some information. There's a hearing that you need to request and you've got a 15-day uh, deadline from the date of your arrest to request that hearing. So make sure to listen until the end. The first thing that you need to do, obviously, go home, get some rest and everything. It's a horrible experience going through jail. I know that. So go home and, and recover a little bit. But don't wait too long because there are some things that you're going to want to do. First, if there's any evidence or anything that you may be able to save, you'll want to save that. And so... If this was an assault case and you have any scratches or bruises or anything like that, make sure and take pictures of all of that. And even if you don't have any evidence or if there's nothing you can take pictures of, then you need to sit down and write out basically a report of everything that you happened. If this case were ultimately to go to trial, you've got the opportunity to take the stand and testify and tell everybody what happened. And that may or may not be a good idea, but what you should do regardless of, of whether or not you end up testifying or whether or not this goes to trial is sit down and writing out everything the way that you remember it happening as if you're telling it to a group of strangers. That way, if it does get to that point, then you can go up and you can tell, um, tell the jury what happened without having to remember what happened a year ago or however long it is between now and that ultimate trial date. The other thing that that report will help you do is that you'll be able to give a copy of that to your attorney and your attorney will be able to compare that to the police report and look for any sort of discrepancies or anything else because the way that police reports are written, obviously they're written by the officer who made the decision to arrest and they're written usually to support that officer's decision to arrest you. They don't always include all of the information that's helpful to your case. Your attorney will find it helpful to have the information written from your point of view so that he knows what, what happened and can go from there. The next most important thing to do is remember that there are one or possibly two groups that you have to keep happy. 
when you are charged with a crime and you're let out on bond, you probably have a bail bondsman and you may have to deal with pretrial services. Sometimes it's just one, sometimes it's both. But regardless, either one of those, uh, either your bail bondsman or pretrial services can cause problems if they don't think that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So first off, I'll, I'll talk to your ba- about your bail bondsman. What the bail bondsman has done is basically they vouched for you and told the court that you're going to appear at your court dates. And so they're probably doing things to make sure that you know about your court dates. And so they may, they are probably telling you when your court dates are, but they're also probably having you check in periodically just to make sure that you're keeping contact with them. If you have a payment plan with them, obviously they're going to want to make sure that you're getting your payments in. And a lot of times um, when you do have court dates, they'll probably want you to call them afterwards to let them know, you know, if it's been reset or, and find out reset dates and that sort of thing. Because if they think that you are not going to show up to court, what they're going to do is they're going to file a notice or a motion with the court to get off your bond. If they get off of your bond, then the court is going to issue a warrant for your arrest. We can do things sometimes to to fix things with the bail bond company to have them to have them undo that. But if you get arrested, you would have to bond back out again. And normally that's going to cost more than it originally cost to bond out because your bond may, it, it, there's a good chance that the judge is going to raise your bond if, if that's the situation. So definitely if you've got a bail bondsman, make sure you're doing everything you can to make sure that they're happy. The other group that you've got to keep happy is pretrial services. And if you've got a PR bond, then, then pretrial services is kind of acting as, as your, your bondsman. But they're doing a similar thing as your bail bondsman. They may want you to, to check in with them periodically and you know because they want to make sure that you're going to, to show up to court also. But additionally, if you have any conditions of your bond, so if there are any no-contact orders, or if you've got a DWI case and they've got ignition interlock as a condition of your bond, or if it's a drug case and they want you to, to do drug testing periodically, all of that is going to go through pretrial services. And if you fail to do any of that stuff, or if you have a high blow on your, your ignition interlock, or if you have contact with somebody that you're not supposed to have contact with, or you've got a drug test and, and it shows that you're positive for drugs, then again, pretrial services is going to file a motion with the court, letting the court know that you are not, that they don't think that you're following the conditions of your bond. And if the judge finds that you are not doing that, then the judge has several options, which can include uh, putting out a warrant out for your arrest, or they can put additional conditions of your bond or a number of other things, none of them which are beneficial for you. Where I've seen this really become a problem is if there's a person who keeps having these violation reports saying that they're not following the conditions of their bond, then the bond keeps getting higher. They keep having more conditions added on. And it gives somebody a reason to plead out a case quicker, even though the the offer isn't very good, because once you play a case, then the, the conditions of bond are no longer in effect. You know, then if you're on probation, then, you know, you've got your, your probation conditions, but it, it kind of starts over. And so you could be stuck taking an offer that you shouldn't normally take just to avoid all of these, you know, conditions of your bond. 
if you continue to have several violation reports. And so it's important that, again, you're checking with pretrial services and that you are following any conditions of your bond because we don't want you getting rearrested while your case is going on. Something else that you need to, to make sure you do is uh, you received a court date when you were released from jail. Make sure you put that on your calendar because that's something that you definitely don't want to miss. Again, we're trying to keep you out of jail while, you're, while your case is pending. And if you miss a court date, then the judge is going to issue a warrant out for your arrest for, um, for failing to appear to court. We don't want you getting rearrested during this. Obviously, it, it makes it harder for everybody if, if, you're go, if you're having to go back to jail. The next thing that you need to do is to call an attorney. When you're charged with a crime, this isn't something that you should be trying to handle yourself. Either you were appointed an attorney by the court, or you may be looking for an attorney, or maybe you were appointed an attorney, but you're still looking to, to hire somebody um, to represent you. But regardless, if you were appointed an attorney, reach out to that person if they haven't reached out to you to find out what you can be doing right now to help out on your case. If you weren't appointed an attorney or if you want somebody else or haven't been able to get in contact with your court-appointed attorney, then start reaching out to, to some other attorneys and look for somebody who can help you out because one thing that I've found is that, of course, your attorney should be looking to get a good result on your case. But what a lot of attorneys don't do as good of a job on is guiding you through this case. Being charged with a crime, it, it causes enough stress in anybody's life. But when you don't know what's going on with your case or what to expect at your next court date, it adds a whole extra layer of stress. And there, can be, there are things that you can be doing right now that could get you a better offer or could get you a better result in the end. And so it's important that you've got an attorney who you trust, who you can guide you through this process, and who's going to let you know what you can be doing right now um, so that you do get a better result on your case. The next thing that you can do that's related to that last one of doing things that, that can have a better result on your case are thinking about any services that, that maybe you could benefit from that we could use um, that we could use on this case. For example, if this is a DWI case that you have and you've got a couple of previous DWIs, then now may be a time to look at getting some some help or, or looking at getting treatment with um, with alcohol issues if you think that you have uh, alcohol issues. And if you have a couple of DWIs, then then it probably can't hurt anyway. And that's going to have two benefits. So first off, one thing that everybody wants to make sure of, especially if you if this is a DWI case and you've had several DWIs, is everybody wants to make sure that this isn't going to happen again. Um, as your attorney, I don't want this to happen to you again. You don't want to go through being arrested again. And the prosecutor doesn't want you to continue getting DWIs either. If you can go get some sort of treatment then that can help everything out. It can help us to convince uh, the prosecutor to give you a better offer, or even if we're going to get the case dismissed and that's not going to matter as much, we, again, we don't want you going through this again. And if you're going to get some benefit out of some sort of counseling like that, then that's definitely something to, to consider right now. And that's something that your attorney can kind of help walk you through is letting you know what resources are available, what kind of treatment there is, 
you know, if this isn't a, a DWI, but maybe it's something else, maybe there's an assault case and you could use some anger management classes or something, we can help put you in touch with those services because no matter what happens on your case, as your attorney, I want you to be in a better position when you get past this case. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can do to make sure that you don't get arrested again down the road. The last thing that I'm going to mention is for people who've been arrested for DWI, because when you're arrested for DWI, there's a couple of different things that are happening. First off, obviously, you know that you're being charged with DWI, but what you may not know is that DPS is probably trying to suspend your driver's license right now. If you either refused a blood or a breath test, or if you consented to a blood or breath test, but your blood alcohol level was 0.08 or higher, then DPS is going to try and suspend your driver's license. You have 15 days from the date of your arrest to request a hearing on that to try and prevent the state from suspending your driver's license. And you should request that in every circumstance. Even if you talk with your attorney later on and you don't want to go forward with it for whatever reason, there's no harm in requesting that hearing and there are a lot of benefits. Now, quite frankly, even if you request the hearing, in most cases, DPS is still going to be able to suspend your driver's license, but you should still request it. First off, the officer may not show up, which is how a lot of these cases um, is how we're able to keep your driver's license from being suspended in a lot of cases. But even if the officer does show up, then it gives us the opportunity to cross-examine the officer on the record when we normally don't have that opportunity. And so we can ask him all sorts of questions about what factors went into his decision to arrest you. And that may do several things to, to benefit your DWI case. It may uh, bring up some issues that help us to, to uh, keep the blood or breath test results out. And it may, even and if it doesn't do that, it still may give us information about how this case would look if it were to go to trial because we, we it's kind of like getting a preview of what trial would look like. And if this is a case where we thought maybe we would do, be able to do well at trial, but the officer is just really good at recalling the facts of your case and explaining why he did everything and, you know, and, and that he did everything correctly, then this may not be, then, then maybe it's not a case that you want to take to trial if the officer is not able to recall everything or, you know, maybe doesn't have as good of a reason for arresting you as it originally looked like, then that may be something that we can use at trial um, to help benefit your case and to ultimately get you a better result on your case. Regardless of, of whether or not you think that you're ultimately going to want to try and avoid keeping your license from being suspended, or if you think that there's no chance you're going to win um, at the ALR hearing, request that hearing anyway. And after you request that hearing, most likely when you're arrested for that DWI, your driver's license was confiscated. And so you don't have a driver's license right now. They probably gave you a sheet of paper that says a temporary driving permit. And nobody wants to walk around with a temporary driving permit, a sheet of paper, um, you know, that they have to show other people when, you, when normally you would be showing a driver's license. Since your license hasn't been suspended yet, you can go up to a driver's license office and get another copy of your driver's license while your driver's license is still valid. And that way, when you're going to the bank or, or going anywhere else where they're asking to see your ID, then you don't have to show this, this piece of paper and then explain, you know, how that's a valid license. 
you can just show your normal driver's license and, um, and just go through a lot less hassle and a lot less stress. I hope that all of this information was, was helpful to you. And if you were arrested, definitely look into doing some of this stuff because it really can make a difference on your case. And if you are looking for an attorney, whether you had one, whether you were appointed one, or if you're just looking for some advice on, on what to do on your case, feel free to give me a call. Uh, my phone number is 210-775-0852. If you're in the San Antonio area, I, I'd definitely be happy to help you out. I hope that you found this information helpful. And if you're being charged with a crime, then look into getting some of this stuff taken care of because it really can help the outcome of your case. And if you're being charged with a crime in San Antonio and, and you'd like to discuss your case with me, give me a call at 210-775-0852 and I'd be happy to discuss your case with you. And if you found this helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you, uh, if you reviewed it and you can click on that subscribe button or follow button. And I hope that you have a great day.
Testing. Before we get into all of this information, if you were charged with a DWI, if you're being arrested, before we get into all of the things that you can do, if you were charged with a DWI, make sure to listen until the end or just fast forward till the end. If you were charged with a DWI, make sure and listen to the end because at the end, I'm going to have some things that you need to be doing that are DWI specific. And it's important because there's a deadline that you have to keep your driver's license that you need to do within 15 days. And so if you don't stick around to the end, make sure you request that hearing on your driver's license. 